Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Kern. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you. Well, I'll tell you what, today is Halloween, All Hallows Eve. Tomorrow's All Saints Day. We are called to make all of our lives holy. We're going to dig into the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and just actually a section of it, and lean on the Catechism and talk about experiencing healing for the sake of holiness so that we can be saints. And that'll be a treat, not a trick. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you that you are our good and loving Father. You are Abba, Father. And Father, we have no idea what it means to experience your fatherly care in our regard to the extent that you desire. Lord, we've only tasted a glimpse, just little bits of your fatherly love for our lives, what you have already revealed to us through your Son. We long for you to make real in our lives, in our relationships, in our families, Heavenly Father, we want to call you, Father, at a new depth today, at a new level today. Lord, there are so many things that block us from experiencing your fatherly care. Please, Jesus, give us the grace today to not only become aware, but to take action so that we would be open to receive what the Father is already pouring upon our lives and is waiting to penetrate into the core of our being. Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit would stir in our hearts an anointing for healing, an anointing of forgiveness, an anointing of uh, experiencing mercy and extending mercy. And Father, to honor you, we pray to you now in the words that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, excited to dive into this program with you today. Today, 
uh, is Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, All Hallows' Eve, Halloween. And uh, it's interesting how I see this day on the calendar as something that has sort of morphed and changed. There's a, it's interesting how Carrie and I have related to this day and the position we've taken regarding the day. Like, how should we celebrate it? What should we do? And it's it's just so interesting. <laughs> uh, our conviction about what the right thing to do is on this day has has shifted over the years. As our kids, as before we had kids, and then we had kids but little babies, and then as our kids started growing up, and now that the majority of our kids are out of the house at school, and we have just three left at home, it's it's really interesting and. I, I I won't get into all the details except this. At any one of those moments, any one of those slices in time, we would have spoken with a strong sense of conviction about the correctness of our position, the stance we were taking. At times it was, this is demonic and we should have nothing to do with it, to we should only engage in it in a way that is going to focus on the saints and go to all saints parties to, you know what, let's elevate and transform it ourselves by uh, allowing our kids to participate, but making sure that the outfits they have and um, how they, uh, how they relate to the day and understand it to uh, doing things with other families and making it a, a time of fellowship and an enjoyable time where the kids get to enjoy other good Catholic and Christian friends together and benefit from the candy they're able to get. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting because what we were convicted about at one point didn't feel as we didn't feel as strongly about it. And and here's the thing, I've got room inside of me for a variety of different positions. I I don't think this is one of those the, the church teaches that this is the right and only and correct way to do it versus, no, you know what? Discern for yourselves what is going to be a way that doesn't allow your kids to be drawn into the darkness, but at the same time is able to uh, use the event for something that will express faith, family, and fellowship. So that's that's kind of how we're we're currently doing it. Like tonight, we're having several families from our church and our schools, the schools that the kids go to, are coming over our house. And uh, you know, none of the kids are going to be dressed up inappropriately or dressed up in a demonic figure. Uh, and we'll pray with the kids before they head out. The kids will head out and have fun together, and the. Adults will stay behind and have a time of fellowship together. So I, you know, I, that's kind of cool. I, that's where we're at right now. And, and I can imagine that in years to come, we might shift again. But that's, that's where we're at right now in, uh, in terms of how we're living through this. With our eyes very much fixed on the reality of tomorrow, All Saints Day. Really, that... That's what it's about, is becoming a saint and striving to live in a way that the holiness of God shines forth more fully from our lives and uh, honoring the saints 
honoring these great friends of God who lived heroic, generous lives, and uh, calling upon their friendship, their fellowshipping with them in heaven, and asking them to intercede for us and the power that that can have. So tomorrow on Sound Insight, I'm going to share about certain saints. And in doing so, hopefully stir in you a desire to foster a deeper friendship with the saints whom God has appointed or made available for you to be blessed by, to be connected to, be inspired by. Doesn't that sound awesome? Okay, so tomorrow tune in. I'm going to pray with you and for you, as well as share with you the this reality of the saints and pray that you'll come to a deeper sense of connection and uh, a deeper sense of knowing and being known by the saints as part of your own journey to holiness and desire to honor God in your life. So that's tomorrow. Today, I'm going to talk a bit about the things that hold us back from radiating holiness more fully. I'm going to lean on the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and in particular, on one of the particular petitions in the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I'm going to uh, look to and draw from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It, it begins at paragraph 2838, and it goes down to 2845. I'm going to focus in on paragraph 2843. There's, the, there's some pure gold there. I, I mean, not that the other parts are silver, but there's pure gold in 2843 that I am very confident you will find utterly relevant and if you're open to it, an incredible source of transformation for your life. If you can't hear the whole program, write it down, paragraph 2843. Go back and listen to the podcast. Go to mycatholicfaith.org afterwards so that you can listen to the podcast version of this because it's incredibly important because it'll help you come to know how to forgive those who have sinned against you, and you feel powerless, you feel stuck, you feel in bondage to the wound, the memory, the hurt that someone has uh, visited upon your life through their sinning against you. So that's where we're headed here, but let's go back and begin with uh, what the Catechism is going to refer to as astonishing and daunting. Those are big words. Those are really cool words. And the Catechism uses both of those regarding the petition that we pray probably daily when we say the Our Father. So let's dive in. Let's take a look. So we have this petition, right? So the Lord's Prayer is made up of a variety of petitions, but the one that the Catechism of the Catholic Church refers to as astonishing and as daunting is the one that we just mentioned. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Listen to what the Catechism says. And I, I, 
I think if we ponder this, I think we can we can get why. Paragraph 2838. This petition is astonishing. If it consisted only of the first phrase, and forgive us our trespasses, it might have been included implicitly in the first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer. That is what? Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? And so when we are asking for forgiveness, well, we weren't keeping God's name holy. We weren't um, we weren't uh, living in accord with God's kingdom coming into our lives, and we weren't doing God's will. And but that's not what it says. That's not only what it says. Uh, it says that. Um, but accordingly to the second phrase, our petition, our petition, forgive us our trespasses, won't be heard unless we've first met a strict requirement. And what's that requirement? As we forgive those who trespass against us. Our petition, which is for forgiveness of our own sins, looks to the future. Namely, to that future state, that future condition, that future, like the remaining portion of the petition that we actually have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Our petition looks to the future, but our response must come first. For the two parts are joined by the single word, as, as we forgive those. And, and so, um, let's just stop and ponder that for a minute. Do we really want that? And is that really a perfect prayer? Because, you know, we talk about the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, as the perfect prayer. The prayer that was taught to us by Jesus. He was the one who taught us to call God Father. But not just my Father, but he taught us to say our Father. And so it is, it's a beautiful thing because it, it's drawing upon the reality that we have been drawn into. It's calling upon the reality that we've been drawn into a whole new elevated status as children of God. We have been elevated beyond the status of a creature to the status of a son or daughter of God. By status, I, I'm not using kind of like a popular idea that, oh, you know, you've got this somehow elevated status and you're popular. Nothing to do with that. And it has nothing to do with the fact that we've somehow earned it or deserved it or somehow we've been like we, we know the secret handshake, so we're in the club. No, this is all a pure gift. The pure gift that God has given to us through Jesus, through the church, in baptism. We've been welcomed into this whole new level of being where we share in God's own life. Right? I, how often am I bringing that up on the program? Because I think as Catholics, we, we hold on to a mistaken notion that somehow being Catholic is just my preferred religion or the religious profession of my family. And I'm a Catholic in your, well, whatever religion you are. And it's just a, well, to, to, to speak about it in, in a, like, uh, in a, in a, 
not popular way, in a, it's a sociological construct, right? It's a just a sociological reality where you belong to that institution and you belong to that one and you belong to that organized religion and you belong to no organized religion. And it's, we're all just human beings and we all have our own preferred religion. That is not what we believe as Catholics. My brothers and sisters, in Christ, we do not believe that as Catholic Christian disciples of Jesus, but that instead... Because of the wonder of all wonders, Jesus Christ has invited us to share in divine life. From creature of God to sharing in God's own divine life as children of God. And we're called to live in an intimate personal union with the Lord. And sin is what damages or disrupts that. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com. DrTomCurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Today I'm unpacking the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. I'm doing this on the day on the calendar that is All Hallows Eve. It is Halloween. And people put on masks. People get dressed up in costumes. And they pretend. And they go, not not all, I guess adults can go to parties. <laughs> But really, we're talking mostly about kids, and somehow masks cover over who we really are. And yet, when we also have the opportunity, we can dress up as saints. We can dress up as those whom we want to be like. We want to imitate. Well, today in Sound Inside, I'm reflecting on the fact that we want to strip away the masks. We want to strip away those things that hold us back from being truly who we are called to be. And that's sin. And today I'm looking at the, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and just focusing in really and truly on one particular petition, one of the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. Petition is when we ask for something, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And there's a reason why. And the reason is that when we think about the enemies of our spiritual life, the world, the flesh, and the devil, the enemies of our spiritual life that come against us, the world, the flesh, and the devil, there's a way in which... The world, and by the world, we can also mean the people around us, not just the structures of the world, not just the fallen dimension of the world around us, but no, even the people that we're living with who are also sinners, they're fallen. Hopefully, if they're you know in Christ, they are on the way to redemption themselves. They're, they're striving to live a holy life. But the reality is we hurt each other. We do. We hurt each other through our words through our attitudes, through our behaviors, we hurt each other. And the Lord wants more for us. But there's a problem. And the problem is that when we are the victims of other people's sins, it's not easy to let go. It's not easy to forget. Forgive and forget. Time heals all wounds. Well, it's not that easy. It's actually very difficult, especially when 
those wounds happen in situations that were caught off guard or when we were young and vulnerable or when someone said something that was really mean or harsh and and really were had the intention of of uh, ha- had some malice there wanting to hurt demean <clears throat> belittle um and and in those circumstances how do we forgive how do we extend mercy to others and yet we're commanded by Jesus and we do pray every day a prayer that says, Lord, please forgive me to the extent and in the way and to the degree to which you forgive, to which I forgive others. And, and it's easy to forgive those who did something by accident. They really didn't mean it. They were just joking. Uh, they uh, were not really being, they weren't at their best. So they, we caught them in a weak moment, right? those sorts of things. But when there's something more going on, and the and and the hurt was deep. Wow, that's that's a different world. And yet, forgive us our trespasses, as it says in the in the Catechism. It's saying, in paragraph twenty eight thirty nine, with bold confidence, we begin praying to our Father, and begging Him that His name be hallowed. We were in fact asking Him that we ourselves might be always made more holy. But through that, uh, but through, uh, though, sorry, but though we are clothed with the baptismal garment, right, that's that white garment where we're cleansed of sin, we're elevated into the status of children of God, we're made members of the church, cleansed of any personal sin as well. So we've got that white garment, that new creation garment, that um, we do not cease to sin to turn away from God. That's what sin is, is turning away from God. And we we have these pressures from the world, the flesh, and the devil. The flesh is ourselves, that fallen dimension of our own lives that still is active in us. Now, in this petition, the Catechism says, we return to the Father, like the prodigal son, and like the tax collector, recognize that we are sinners before him. Remember, the Jesus is telling the, the, he's giving the teaching and gives the example of the tax collector and the sinner. I'm sorry, the tax collector and the Pharisee who go into the uh, temple to pray and the, the Pharisee comes all the way up front and justifies himself and it's the tax collector in the back who gets justified. So we become like the tax collector. That's what the catechism is saying. Put yourself in that position, acknowledge it. And our petition begins with a confession, a confession of our wretchedness and his mercy. I keep, and so that what does the tax collector do? Lord, I'm not, I'm not worthy. It bows down, beats his, his breast and asks for forgiveness. Have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm acknowledging the fact that I've fallen short and that I need mercy. Our hope is firm, the Catechism says, because in his Son, in Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins, quoting Colossians and Ephesians. We find the efficacious, that's effective, and undoubted sign of his forgiveness in the sacraments 
of the church. Right? So we look to the sacraments, right? Those are those, those are those holy events, those sacred events, those rituals established by Christ where divine life is communicated to us. And so, of course, you see in baptism the forgiveness of our sins. In the sacrament of penance and reconciliation, mercy, that's the sacrament of mercy, and of healing where there's forgiveness of sins. And it's also incorporated into the anointing of the sick, another healing sacrament. And so 2840 goes on to bring up that other word I said, astonishing and daunting. Listen to 2840. Now, and this is daunting. This outpouring of mercy that God wants for us, that the Father wills for us, that Jesus has manifested to us, won for us, and has for us, this is daunting. This outpouring of mercy cannot penetrate our hearts as long as we have not forgiven those who have trespassed against us. That is that is daunting. That's a high bar. And you know, the catechism doesn't shy away from saying, let's, let's, let's dig into, let's unpack. What is Jesus saying here? Because if you jump ahead immediately and you say, hey, wait a minute, I've been hurt deeply and badly by those who should be loving me. I've been betrayed. And I'm supposed to just forgive them. They're not sorry. They seem to be enjoying their own lives, even though they've introduced ruin into my own life, I hate this person. In my anger, I have nothing but spite for them and what they've done to me and how they're living. How am I supposed to forgive? How am I supposed to do that? And what I just shared with you isn't word for word, but it is a sum, a summary of what a woman shared with me one time. It was actually a friend of my mom's, and this was had to be 20 years ago. 20 years ago, my mom asked me, at this point, I was doing church work. I was, I think I was out of the seminary at the time doing church work, and uh, maybe it was closer to 30 years ago. She said, would you talk to her? It was at a family gathering. I was at like a, like a just, you know, we had an, a, like a, a gathering and, and, and they came over, friends of my mom. And this was a woman that was in my mom's wedding, right? So 50, 60 years ago. And uh, what had happened was she had been betrayed by her husband, her husband who had verbally abused her and physically laid hands on her. Uh, and she, and he ended up leaving her, divorcing her, and had been cheating on her with like uh, someone from work, like a secretary or somebody from work. And, and so she was talking to me about, I am so angry at this man. I am, I am, I am bitter. I'm angry. I hate what he did to me. God, why did God let this happen? And what am I supposed to do? And so here I am at this party, <laughs> talking with her one-on-one. -on -one, and what I had said to her was, I said, 
it sounds like the hurt that he has inflicted upon you is not just something that is relegated to the past, but the hurt that he has inflicted upon you continues to operate in the present. He's continuing to hurt you. And she hadn't really thought about that. And I said, look, look at the, the anger. Look at the, 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 this, this vitriol that, that is coming up out of you. This is like fresh. This is real. This is now. I said, he's still hurting you. And God doesn't want that. God wants you free. Free from the, the pain and the suffering that continues to reach your life through him. How do I get beyond it? How do I not let him hurt me any longer? How do I do that? Well, you know what the answer was. I was going to share, and I did share. It was forgive him. Forgive him. And I just thought, are you, I mean, she just thought, are you kidding me? And you, you, please understand this, right? So I did not say to her, he deserves to be forgiven. I didn't say to her, you're commanded by Jesus to forgive, and that's the motivation. I didn't start with those things. What I began with was the fact that she was in present pain and present hurt, not to mention the past hurt. What I said was, Jesus wants you to be healed. He wants you to be free. He wants to make you whole. He wants you to have a fresh start. He wants to give you a new beginning. He wants you to be unbound and set free from all of the damaging impacts of his words, his deeds, his neglect, his betrayal, his hurting you. All of that, the Lord, he wants you free from it all. And that part of it was like, all right, okay, if I can believe that, now the question is, how do I get there? What stands between me and getting free, getting that fresh start, getting that new beginning? And the answer was one word, mercy. It was mercy. That the Lord's mercy had to penetrate into the heart of this situation. And that's what paragraph 2840 says. This is daunting. This outpouring of mercy cannot penetrate our hearts as long as we have not forgiven those who have trespassed against us. And, and, and here's the thing, right? It sounds so, I don't know, easy. It sounds so, um, I don't know, minimizing to say trespass against us. But to hear the circumstance that I'm talking about, it seems anything but minimum. It, it minimized. It's, it is huge, huge. And the catechism says this. It says, in refusing 
to forgive our brothers and sisters, our hearts are closed and their hardness makes them impervious to the Father's merciful love. Okay, so let let me say that one more time because there's a, a very important key here. In refusing to forgive those who have hurt us, in refusing to give those who did bad things to us, said mean, harsh, inappropriate things, treated us horribly, in refusing to forgive them, it is we, it's our hearts that end up being closed. And the hardness of our hearts makes our hearts impervious. That means they're blocked. That means there's no way in. That means they're closed off to the Father's merciful love. Now, <clears throat> here's a path forward. This is this is so. So this was the this was the 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 word that the the sentence that was the hardest for her to hear, and that was, "The Lord wants to heal you, and He wants to heal you by giving you the grace to forgive Him, giving you the strength." To forgive him. And how did she respond? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. We're up against a break. When we come back, more sound insight and learning how to move forward in times of unforgiveness. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. It's great to be with you. This is not an easy topic, but it's an important one. It's an important one because the Lord wants us healed. He doesn't want us having masks on. He doesn't want to trick us. Trick or treat. He doesn't, he's not going to trick us. And when we have been tricked in our lives and we've been hurt and wounded by others, by their words, their attitudes, their deeds, the things that they ought to have done that they didn't do, their betrayals, it leaves deep wounds. Wounds that, well, honestly, sometimes we just don't want to forgive. And yet, by not forgiving, we find ourselves in this stuck place. And so, here we are, talking, uh, telling you the story about talking with this woman, this woman my mom's age, a dear friend of my mom, and, who experienced this betrayal and this hurt and this, all this, this different forms of, of pain and, and suffering. And she did not want to forgive. I don't want to forgive him. I don't want him. For, I want him hurt. I want him hurting. I want him hurting the way that I was hurting. I want him to to know the suffering that I've known. I don't want to forgive him. And what I had said to her in, in that circumstance was, I'm not saying that you ought to forgive him because he deserves to be forgiven. I said, I want you to forgive him so that you can be free. So that you can be free from any, that the Lord can begin to heal you and set you free from those wounds, set you free from those pains, set you free from those sufferings. And she's like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Well, we're going to talk about that. The catechism uh, gets us closer to the answer when the catechism says this, in confessing our sins, 
right? When we're impervious to the Father's merciful love, but in confessing our sins, our hearts are opened to his grace. In confessing our sins, our hearts are opened to his grace. So one of the things I did say was, um, he betrayed you, he hurt you. I acknowledged all of that, validated all of that. And again, this is just in the moment. This is not like any kind of extensive therapy. This is just in the moment dealing with her. And I'm not saying I did it all perfectly, but one of the things I said was, we all fall short. We all fall short. I'm not saying you fall short in the same way to the same degree. No, not at all. I'm not saying that. But we've all fallen short before God. And when we go to God, we look for mercy. We don't look we don't look for forgiveness because we've deserved it or earned it or we've done more positive things than negative things and so those things ought to be wiped away. No, we just ask for mercy from the Father. We just ask for mercy from God. And she kind of got that. She's like, okay, I get that. But what he did to, to her was so much worse, so much greater than what she did in falling short in her relationship with God. And I said, okay, that's 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 fair. I, I'm not doubting or denying that. But I said, let's at least acknowledge that the Father freely forgives us when we fall short. And in freely forgiving us, there's an openness in our lives to experience a newness of life and love. So now the question is, how do we disentangle, how do we address the much more complicated circumstance that, that she was bringing up, right? This betrayal and this like physical violence to some extent, domestic violence, verbal abuse, and then just again, the betrayal and then the abandonment and all of that suffering that it brought into her life. And uh, she said, where was God? Where was Jesus? And so this is where I'm going to move into the most important paragraph, which is 2843, paragraph 2843. And it comes in that next section, which is, as we forgive those who trespass against us. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And this is the, uh, this is the paragraph that, gives us an incredibly important key. So please hold on to this paragraph, 2843. And as I unfold it, I'm going to apply it back to this woman and her question to me, where was Jesus when all this was going on? And how can she possibly move forward beyond this? Okay, so here is the paragraph. And it's even just the last sentence that I'm going to focus on, but I'll read the the, the whole paragraph. It's just a, a few sentences long. Thus the Lord's words on forgiveness, the love that loves to the end, becomes a living reality. The parable of the merciless servant, which crowns the Lord's teaching on ecclesial communion, ends with these words, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And again, that's the, the passage where... Uh, the the king forgave the the one man a, a huge debt, and then that man was unwilling to forgive the small debt from the other person and threw him in prison. And so as a result of that, the king finds out and ends up throwing that man into prison until he's paid off every penny. And so this changes the whole perspective, right? So this woman, she considered her sins 
her violation of God's law, her betrayal of her relationship with God to be a much lesser thing than the debt that was owed to her and the forgiveness that ought to be forgiven by what her husband had done to her. So that that is, frankly, that you're not going to change someone's mindset on that all by yourself. But the, the key word here was heart. Unless you forgive your brother from your heart. And then here's, here are the, the last two sentences. It is there, in fact, in the depths of the heart, that everything is bound and loosed. You see, it's in our heart that we have those wounds, those hurts, those things that were said to us when we were younger or said in, in lashing out in times of, of uh, uh, when we were arguing or, or just being stupid and mean and hurtful or even under spiritual attack, things that were said and done, attitudes that, that were done that just were so hurtful, right? They touch the heart and then we feel so bound up. And then here's this sentence. It is not in our power not to feel or to forget an offense. Okay, listen. Let me say that again. It's not in our power. We're powerless. Not to feel or to forget an offense. When someone has offended you, it's not in your power not to feel it. Like, just make pretend it didn't happen. Just overlook it. Just ignore it. No, it's not in your power not to feel it or to forget. It's there. It gets planted in the imagination and the memory. It comes back with a force. But that's not the end of the paragraph. It's not in our power not to feel or to forget an offense. But the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory in transforming the hurt into intercession. Honestly, that's one of the most profound sentences in the whole catechism, in my humble opinion. It's not in our power not to forget, not to feel or to forget an offense, but the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory and transforming the hurt into intercession. Okay, so there's a lot there. Let's break that open, okay? So the first is the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit. This is an incredibly important part of the spiritual life. I call it holy desperation, praiseworthy desperation. It's that situation in our lives where we experience our utter incapacity, our utter inability to be able to overcome something on our own. And so being able to experience the reality of incapacity is actually a gift. Because when I, when I am convinced of my own incapacity, my inability, my powerlessness, then I'm more willing to offer, offer up, give over, right? So I, I like to point out that's the difference between surrender and abandonment. Surrender is like I quit, 
Like, I'm going to stop. I'll stop. But abandonment is, I when co- connected to surrender is, I, I'm stopping, but I'm now going to put it in your hands. Right? The, the old word in our spiritual tradition is resignation. Right? I resign. I resign doesn't mean I quit. Like, I resign a job, I quit the position, I quit the job, I'm done. It's not I quit. It's, I, it's not I give up. It's I give over. I am resigned to doing God's will. I have given over my life to God's will. I've given over this situation to God's will. I've given over all that I am, all that I have. And here we go. This part of my heart. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Karn. It's great to be with you. So we're, we, we, we've got a path forward here. The path forward in paragraph 2843, when we are carrying deep wounds, hurts from the ones who have sinned against us. First step, offer your heart to the Holy Spirit. Offer it. And that, that's an act of the will. And, and here's the thing. When I, when I, uh, I'm going to come back around to that woman, right, that we've been talking about. Um, when, when I'm in that situation where I don't want to, if I give my heart over here, you're saying that the Lord is going to transform my heart in a way that I'm going to find a capacity to forgive and I am going to let go of the anger. I'm going to let go of the the things that were done to me. I want justice. I want, that's not enough. That's not enough. And what I kept coming back around to was the Lord wants you to be free, free from letting him continue to hurt you by ruminating, by continuing to allow the, the, the wounds in your heart to be there. Offer your heart to the Holy Spirit. And, and in the mystery of what God can do, there are three phrases here. The Holy Spirit will turn injury into compassion, purify the memory, and transform the hurt into intercession. Those are powerful phrases. Injury into compassion, purify the memory, and turn hurt into intercession. Let's start with purifies the memory. The purification of memory is a very rich concept in the teaching of the church, especially as we approached the year 2000, and there was a sense of we want to be ready to receive the gift of the great jubilee, the grace of jubilee. And there was a need to rigorously examine our conscience and our hearts as a church and to seek to purify the memory of instances where we've fallen short. So purifying the memory in this instance refers to the way in which um, we can come to recognize that Christ was present when we thought that Christ was absent. Because that was one of the, the, the heart's cries here was, where was Jesus when I was going through all of this? Why did he let all this happen? If he really loved me, why, why would he permit this? And in the mystery of the purification of memory, the way that like, spiritual writers describe it 
is that the person, through the mystery of God's grace and healing power, shows, like, is brought into the place where they're able to come to see that all of those hurts, all of those, let's call them, like, I'm going to put it in quotes, all of those hits, those verbal hits, those uh, attitudinal hits, uh, and even, uh, even, even actions, even physical hits, that Jesus was not on the sidelines just watching. It wasn't that he was absent or not paying attention. No, Jesus, he underwent all of those sufferings. He was with you. He was undergoing those sufferings with you. He was not far from you. And through the purification of memory, he is going to mysteriously, by God's grace, remove all of the the wounds that remain and transfer them into himself. And so that he is going to purify the memory of those things as somehow being apart from Jesus, and now they're being inflicted upon Jesus. There's the realization that he was with me. He is with me. That's why so many saints gazed upon the crucifix, and they saw in the crucifix there, they saw the sins of the world. And so therefore they saw all of the ways in which these particular saints had undergone sufferings that Jesus, he was there with them. He was in the midst of what they were doing. So purifying the memory is purifying it in such a way that Jesus reveals, I was there, I'm with you. Now let me take the brunt and the burden of all of those hurts. You've been carrying them. You've been bound up by them in your heart. I'm going to transform them so that I take all of the sting, all of the suffering, all of the pain. Well, how, how do we know that that's happened? What, what are the results that come about if, if our hearts become loosened and transformed through this purification of memory by the power of the Holy Spirit, what happens? And this is where the other two phrases come out. And really, frankly, it just it is astonishing. It is daunting what, what God does. The first is it turns injury into compassion. Injury into compassion. What does that mean? Well, what's compassion? Compassion is when you suffer with, right? You feel badly for. It's like, okay, I really, you know, I am, I, I know your pain. I feel your pain. Man, that is terrible. Injury into compassion. Okay, let's be very concrete. When I'm with somebody in a gathering or interacting with someone, and all of a sudden they just come across as harsh or demeaning or belittling or hurtful in what they're saying to me, and it, it hurts. There's an injury there. Let's just say it's the, the injury of, of how they verbally addressed me. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow. It must be really hard being you. If you're willing to talk to me and treat me like that, I who you know just met you or in this situation and being treated like that, what must it be like to be you day in and day out? to wake up in the morning and to, to have that kind of heart, that kind of spirit inside of you. And so all of a sudden, the very thing that you have done to hurt me only brings about in, in me a suffering with. Your hurting me actually makes me suffer with you over what you're actually doing in your life. 
Okay, but but there's more. And this last one is like, are you kidding me? Yeah, this is what God can do in our lives. It doesn't just turn, the Holy Spirit doesn't just turn injury into compassion, but turns hurt into intercession. Hurt becomes intercession. So let me translate again. Let's come back around to that person who says something harsh to me. The very things that make them like say whatever it is that they say hard, hard, hurtful things to me, not only does it make me want to say, you know what, I want to have compassion for you because you're not free. You are actually, you're, you're, you're in some darkness there. You're in a bad place. But not only that, hurt into intercession. Wow, the Lord must have brought you into my life and have me experience this hurt from you in order to get you on my spiritual radar screen. <laughs> All right, Lord, you obviously want me to pray for this person. You want me to start committing to praying for this person. And the very hurt that I experienced by you, I offer that up. I offer that up so that you would be freed from the darkness and the bondage that makes you act that way. Wow. It's not in our power to do this. It's not in our power not to feel or to forget an offense. But the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory in transforming the hurt into intercession. That is so powerful. That is the way out. That's the way forward. That the Lord, only the Lord can do this work. And honestly, when we're talking about a situation like that woman that I've been, I've been mentioning to you, it's not just a matter of, let me share this truth the way I just shared it with you now on the radio. And she's going to say, wow, Tom, that's amazing. I'm going to offer my heart to the Holy Spirit. And I can't wait for that transformation to take place. No, that's going to be a long journey of coming close to the Lord, working with the therapist, working with the priest, working with the spiritual director, uh, praying, being prayed for, for healing, to be able to unbind and be set free from... Uh, you know, years of harsh maltreatment is not just going to be washed away other than, you know, through the miracle of God's supernatural power moving in, the ordinary path of healing in those instances is a process. So I felt called to share that with you all today. And I, I don't know exactly why, but I do believe that that was prompted in me because there are people out there, those of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ out there listening, who may be carrying the wounds that are the offenses that someone has sinned against you and you feel like, I, I don't know how to get beyond it. 2843, brothers and sisters, offer your heart to the Holy Spirit. Beg the Holy Spirit, please heal my heart, purify my memory. Please somehow give me the grace to turn injury into compassion. And Lord, if in the miracle of miracles, somehow you can do it, turn hurt into intercession. Very powerful. Not only about the past, but about how we can live well in the present. All right. Enjoy the day. I can't wait for tomorrow. A beautiful solemnity, a holy day of obligation, All Saints Day. We're going to talk about saints and becoming friends with the saints. And you just might discover the saint that the Lord or the saints that the Lord has in the wings waiting to be a blessing in your life. All right. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow for more Sun Insight.